Welcome to day 120 of Shaped by the Word, Season 2, The Drama of Scripture. find ourselves in the middle of the book of Judges, or really toward the end of the book of Judges. And there has been a you know constant pattern uh, where God blesses Israel. They become complacent in His blessing. They uh, begin to uh, pursue other gods, and God judges them by the very nations whose God they've embraced. And uh, then they cry out to God in their distress, and God sends them a rescuer pattern toward the end of Judges as Israel is so complacent and so adapted to the culture around them that they're not even crying out to God. And yet God does give them a leader or a judge or a rescuer, Uh, but their rescuer is Samson, and he looks a lot like the nation. He's very self-willed. He uses the power that God has given him more for uh, his own self-interest than for the people or for the purposes of God. And so we see a downward spiral as we come toward the end of the book. Samson is one of the most interesting characters in, in Scripture, and the stories are a, a bit fascinating but hard to find a spiritual high point. Uh, I guess the high point was, was his birth, and from there it just kind of spins downward. So we pick up in Judges uh, chapter 14. I'm Paul Kemp here with David Keefe and Matt Kresge. So Matt, why don't you lead us in prayer um, before we, to quote uh, Matt Kresge, dive into the passage. Let's pray before we dive in. Father, we thank you for your word. Uh, We thank you for time together in it, uh, knowing that every time we draw near to you, you draw near to us. And and so, Father, we ask for that. We, We thank you for the means by which we can um, gather as your body to be edified um, by your word. Uh, Father, give us insight as we read. Would you encourage our hearts today? Uh, we thank you for the grace we have in Christ Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Judges 14. And Samson went down to Timnah and saw there a young Philistine woman. When he returned, he said to his father and mother, I've seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. His father and mother replied, is there an acceptable woman among your relatives or among all our people? Must you go to the uncircumcised Philistines to get a wife? But Samson said to his father, Get her for me. She's the right one for me. His parents did not know that this was from the Lord, who was seeking an occasion to confront the Philistines. For at that time they were ruling over Israel. Samson went down to Timnah together with his father and mother. As they approached the vineyards of Timnah, suddenly a young lion came roaring toward him. The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands, as he might have torn a young goat. But he told neither his father nor his mother what he had done. Then he went down and he talked with the woman, and he liked her. Sometime later, when he went back to marry her, he turned aside to look at the lion's carcass, and in it he saw a swarm of bees and some honey. He scooped out the honey with his hands and ate as he went along. When he rejoined his parents, he gave them some, and they too ate it, but he did not tell them that it had taken it from the lion's carcass. Now his father went down to see the woman, and there Samson held a feast, as was customary for young men. When the people saw him, they chose thirty men to be his companions. Let me tell you a riddle, Samson said to them. If you can give me the answer within seven days of the feast, I will give you thirty linen garments and thirty sets of clothes. If you can't tell the answer, you must give me thirty linen garments and thirty sets of clothes. Tell us your riddle, they said. Let's hear it. He replied, Out of the eater, something to eat, out of the strong, something sweet. For three days they could not give the answer. On the fourth day they said to Samson's wife, Coax your husband into explaining the riddle for us, or we will burn you and your father's household to death. Did you invite us here to steal our property? And Samson's wife threw herself on him, sobbing, You hate me. 
You don't really love me. You've given my people a riddle, but you haven't told me the answer. I haven't even explained it to my father and mother, he replied, so why should I explain it to you? She cried the whole seven days of the feast, so on the seventh day he finally told her, because she continued to press him. She, in turn, explained the riddle to her people. Before sunset on the seventh day, the men of the town said to him, What is sweeter than honey? What is stronger than a lion? Samson said to them, If you had not plowed with my heifer, you would not have solved my riddle. Then the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him. He went down to Ashkelon, struck down thirty of their men, stripped them of everything, and gave their clothes to those who had explained the riddle. Burning with anger, he returned to his father's house, and Samson's wife was given to one of his companions who had attended him at the feast. So here's a story that that, uh, we do have the Lord's hand uh, working in an odd sort of way through the passage. Uh, but it's also a, a story that really there, there's not a lot of uh, verses that you would embroidery and put on your wall or put on your refrigerator or uh, commit to memory You know, as a part of it. It's not a very inspirational passage, but it is a, a picture of Israel falling away from her Lord and the kind of leaders you know that god has uh, has given them you know during this during this period so as you guys uh, read uh, of the adventures of samson tearing a line up and as one would tear a young goat up and which i've, I've n- done neither yeah both in, seem in, in a little lifetime. difficult honestly yeah. yes <laughs> oh are the goats easy <laughs> yeah uh what are some of the things that stand out in the passage i mean obviously samson and his wife need marriage counseling they have some issues going on just with how they're communicating. And, and, and we will discover that these are issues oh that word. he will have, you know, again and, yeah. and again. But it is comforting. You kind of alluded to it as you were just speaking, but knowing that the Lord is with all of this, that he's not removed from all this or just left people like, okay, I'm, I'm done with them. They're a mess. Obviously, look at them. Let me just try to start of how to restart this thing. But he is going to still even through Samson, use him in the history of redemption for his good purposes in Christ Jesus, which is crazy to think about. No, it really um, is. But it's really reassuring because as much of a mess Samson is, I know I'm a mess. And to know that God still wants to work through people who right. are messes is, yeah. is is pretty crazy. And, and that you know certainly is encouraging, you know, that God can work in the middle of our mess, in the middle of our self-will, and in the middle of, you know, some of the things that we do that are not pleasing to him but how much better you know to to live a life devoted to and be pleasing to him and to to be used according to his good purposes while walking according to his ways rather than uh following into his sovereign will uh which includes the times that we're not walking you know according to his way as well of course you have a lot of hints uh you know samson has has been a nazarite which means he is dedicated you know to the lord from his birth he's not to touch any unclean thing and of course, the very idea that to to marry a Philistine would have been a violation of the purity vows that he had taken, and you kind of get you know the rhythm you know that's going here is uh, he sees what he wants and he wants it when he wants it, and uh, very demanding you know of of his parents, and then of course he shows up in Phil, you know Philistia and they he doesn't even have anybody to be a best man so they just give him thirty random guys here <laughs> these guys you know, he's your be, new best friend your, yeah could be your companions. <laughs> All right. You know, one of the things that has really stood out to me as we've been reading through the book of Judges and watching, we've talked about this progression where Israel goes from you know, entering into the promised land. They've, you know, they've at least kind of renewed their covenant. And you get Joshua's words, right. you know, whom are you going to serve? And we've watched this spiral um, unfold as Israel just gets darker and darker and darker. But the judges 
get darker and darker and darker. Yeah. I mean, you meet Othniel and you don't, you know, we don't get much about him at all, but we don't hear of flaws or, yeah, I think he might be the only judge that doesn't, they don't highlight his flaws. And yet when we get to Samson, it's like, what? Now even the leader, I mean, even the judge right. whom God has appointed, I mean, he's the, the worst of them. And right. as we're watching this, this downward spiral, not just of Israel, but, but the judges as well. And, and yet at the same time, God is going to, to use Samson. And I mean, that's kind of the, yeah. the mystery there is what is happening. Now God, God will accomplish, you know, his, his purposes. Yeah. And a lot of times in some, you know, some of the ugliest of circumstances. So it's the beauty of the sovereignty of God that he is moving everything, you know, toward a, a fitting end. And sometimes we can look around us and, and not really see the hand of God or not, you know, see how, you know, God is moving or wondering how God can move in the middle of a, a mess like this. He is, he is powerful and he is, is sovereign. So you did have, you know, at least with Gideon and, and all of his flaws and his weaknesses and his cynicism and his timid, yeah. uh, you know, approach to leadership, you do have him, you know, falling down and worshiping, you know, God, even though he's drawn away from that at the end, you're not going to get any of that, you know, with Samson. Uh, you are going to get a single prayer, you know, toward the end of his life, but it's a prayer for revenge, not a prayer for, you know, mm-hmm. God's glory. Yeah, something else that maybe is a little irony in the passage, but we see obviously Samson's wife in a pretty big way kind of betrays him, you know, kind of manipulates him to get the answer and then gives the answer to her people. And in that sense, she kind of betrays just this covenant they've just made in this marriage. And obviously we've seen that all throughout narrative right as we looked at israel and we've seen them kind of be the betrayer um and, and kind of the covenant not the people not keeping the covenant promises and so even as we see that happening to samson we've seen that on the much bigger picture with with israel um but then also knowing that the god that israel is betraying so often is the faithful one who does keep the covenant yeah which is nice to see no you do have you know, and, and the prophets will pick up on this you know kind of motif uh, you know that Samson seems to have a, a fondness of foreign women, and Israel has a fondness, you know, for foreign gods. And in their fondness, uh, you know, for those, you know, for those gods, who are drawn away from faithfulness, you know, to the one true God. And so you do, you do get a portrait of that. And the prophets are not going to be afraid to use these kind of images, you know, to confront Israel and their infidelities. Uh, as well, and then of course the whole you know, incident with uh, much later, you know, going by and reaching into the carcass of a lion. Of course, again, he is touching an unclean thing, which is you know forbidden in Israel. So all the all the signs are as here is someone who's living under the power of God with a you know this Nazarite vow that he's not taking very seriously either in his marriage or either in the handling of this you know. Uh, decomposed or decomposing you know lion's carcass and then not only that but drawing his parents into it unwittingly as, as well yeah. uh, so you see the the temptation and slide on a lot of different levels you know when you're looking yeah. at samson and the holding of a feast you know you get that word for feast and it you know the hebrew word includes lots of drinking you know and and so you have you know he was he was not supposed to drink I mean, it's so much. It's just watching. We're watching Samson. He's so rash, you know, and it's just he's going to do whatever yeah. he wants to do. He's going to boast. I mean, we talked about boasting quite a bit, you know, boasting in the Lord. But mm-hmm. here he is. He's going to boast in his strength. He's going to boast in his ability. He's going to boast in his wisdom, his cleverness. I, I mean, we're just watching 
I mean, it's almost one of those things like if we had no context for the rest of the story, we know it's not going to end well just by, by how it right. begins. Uh, right. And, and of course, you know, the secret of his strength is, you know, nothing from within himself. Mm-hmm. The secret of his strength is the presence of, you know, God with him and, and ni- neither acknowledging that. And of course, that's what we talk about when we talk about boasting. Uh, our confidences in the gifts that God get, has given us without remembering that the very gifts themselves and so that was, you know, that was his injunction to the nation of Israel. When you're living in these nice houses and there's walls around you that you haven't built, vineyards that you did not plant, and when you enjoy the fruit of the land, uh, you know, don't become so complacent that you forget the Lord your God, uh, who has given you this ability, uh, you know, to produce and to have this wealth. So it's a gift of God from beginning to end, one that he, you know, will in the end acknowledge mm-hmm. you know in, in, in a small way but uh not for the glory of the one who's given him the strength yeah. but for his own glory and the author of judges doesn't want us to miss that i mean we see that even in the last chapter it concludes with that note you know he grew and the lord blessed him and the spirit of the lord began to stir him and then twice mm-hmm. in our chapter we see the spirit of god came powerfully upon him you know and so there's that you know, Samson may not recognize this, but for us, we should be recognizing the Lord's using him. Um, you know, but in he, spite of himself, in spite of himself, uh, there's, no, there's no doubt. Heavenly Father, thank you, uh, even for the ugly portraits we see in Scripture, and we realize that you are a God who has entered into uh, the frailties and the weaknesses and. Uh, all of the fallenness of our world in order to redeem the world. And we thank you for your presence in it. May we be a people uh, that are a reflection of your heart and character for us, not a reflection of uh, men like Simpson or, or self-willed and have a heart for self-glory. Uh, may we recognize the one who has gifted us in every way and, and not so much with the talents we have or the abilities we have or the possessions we have, but with the redemption that came through Christ Jesus. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.